Good morning, everybody. This is the Friday Morning Leaders Call. It is March 15, 2019, and today we are talking about how to increase your influence. So um, before we get started, uh, just a, a huge kind of sending our thoughts out to you. Uh, not too far from where I live, we, we had a, a round of uh, tornadoes come through last night, and there's been quite some damage. So um, just know for those of you who are in that area, whether you're listening in this morning or on the recording, um, we're sending all of our good thoughts to you um, and, and pray that, that things turn around for you really soon. Okay? All right, so uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so today we are talking about how to move from being a authoritative leader, uh, so somebody who kind of tells your people what to do all the time, uh, to a more, uh, what we call a leader with permission. So what does that mean? Not, not a permissive leader but a leader who has permission from their people to lead them. Okay, so uh, if you think about it, an authoritative parent, let's say, is one who always tells their children what to do. Um, A permissive parent is one who lets their people get away with anything. Okay, Um, we're talking about a leader who has permission. Okay, So, and we're also not talking about a leader that is best friends with everybody, okay? So I'm not asking you to go out and be best friends with people, um, just to focus a little bit more on relationship building, okay? So this call today is for a wide range of leaders. So it could be for a boss who's, you know, leading employees, absolutely. Um, It could be for a team leader who... Uh, might be leading either their small group or even possibly a group of volunteers. Um, it could be a school administrator with teachers, uh, a teacher with the, their students, of course, but then also maybe with the parents that they're leading, right? Um, and also, many of you have children, and so this call, I, I really want you to think a little bit about how this applies to your leadership with your children. Okay. So before I get into the six tips that help you grow from being an authoritative leader to a more, uh, to a leader with permission, there's a couple reasons why people would want to grow and a couple reasons why they wouldn't. Okay. So let's start with the wouldn't first, because I think it's really important to understand where you might be with this topic. So as we're going through, I want you to think about, you know, maybe do I have that belief? All right. So authoritative leaders are, they look at this idea of having a relationship or connection with their people as being too soft, right? That that's not my job. My job is to get stuff done, not to be your friend. Okay. Um, And honestly, a lot of authoritative leaders are achievers. They're doers. They want to get stuff done. And so having a relationship with their people frustrates them. Okay. And they can also be taken advantage of. So when you're, you're just starting out having relationships with your staff, maybe your staff take advantage of that relationship. And so 
over time, the authoritative leader realizes these people are taking advantage. Instead of fixing that problem, they, they lean more towards being more authoritative. Okay. Um, and being a, a leader with permission requires openness and likability. If you are not open and you're not either a natural or uh, a self-made likable person, you're going to have a problem. And then finally, in order to have permission from people to lead them, you must deal with the whole person. And authoritative leaders look at the whole person as, again, that's not my job, right? My job is what we're dealing with here at work. My job is not to understand you as a person. Okay, so, so why in the world would you choose to take on the six tips that I'm going to share with you today? Well, first of all, it just increases enjoyment in whichever environment you're leading in. Um, it increases the positive energy. And it definitely increases positive communication. Now, those three things alone, I think, are well worth it. The focus of working towards being a leader with permission is on valuing other people. That's why you're there. Okay. Now, of course, we want to get the job done as well. We want to go into that production level, but we really can't until we show people that we value them. And when you focus on these six tips, it nurtures trust in your people. Okay, they see you and they know that they can trust you. And if they can trust you, they'll do just about anything for you. Okay. All right, so I'm going to share with you six tips. You're going to want to take notes, I promise you. Um, and for those of you who are going to ask me, yes. I will have the recording up. I'll probably put it into our podcast. For those of you who don't know, we have a podcast. The title is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. So I've started a process where I'm basically going to put all of these calls immediately into our podcast so that you can access them uh, while we're working on our university and getting everything kind of uploaded there. I think that's just a quicker way that you can uh, get the material and then also share it out to other people. Okay. All right. So the first tip, we're talking about influence, right? So leadership is about influence, not about your position. So you cannot assume that because I am the boss or because I am, you know, the father or the mother, right, that I can tell you something and have it be done. Now, that's a, a really big assumption. Okay. And this is also the level where you're trying to deal with, do you want the problem or do you want the answer? Okay. So for example, those people who tend to lean towards the authoritative leadership, they, they want the problem. They say they want the answer, but they really want the problem. What do I mean by that? So perfect example. Um, my husband, and again, I love my husband dearly. I never want to throw him under the bus. It's just good material, right? <laughs> so he's been struggling lately. It's this holy struggle I see in him um, dealing with the kids and trying to get them to do their chores. 
and he's tried several different things. Um, and he kind of, in his frustration, he reverts back to that authoritative leadership. I'm your father because I said so, right? You ever heard this before? Do you do this to your kids? Uh, and, and what do you think the result is? Yeah, uh, he, he doesn't really get what he wants, right? Um, and so yesterday, this was amazing. I, I had a full day of meetings. I came home. He actually was home. We had a, a child sick, and so he got to stay home with her. And um, I come home at the end of my, my evening. It's like 8 o'clock, and everybody's sitting at the kitchen table, and they are making up a monthly chore chart. And he is in all his glory and the kids are excited and they're doing their thing and they're, you know, color coding everything. They're really getting into it. Um, they spent at least an hour, all four of them talking about chores and getting a plan done. And it was everything I could do to not like jump up and down and go, yes, yes, yes. You know, how awesome is that? He's growing, he's learning. Because in this holy struggle, he has learned he can't just tell them, go do this because I'm your father. That doesn't elicit that trust we were talking about, right? But he has gone from saying that he wants something done to figuring out how to get it. Okay? So influence is not about resting on your authority. It's about figuring out what do these people that I'm leading need right now and how can I help them to get to the point where they get what they need and I get what I need? Okay, so influence. All right, the second one is uh, the law of addition. So leading, listen now, listen. Leading is about serving, not being served. Okay, that's really important, so I'm going to repeat it. Leading is about serving, not being served. Many people at the authoritative level have this idea that finally I'm to a leadership position. People are going to serve me. I get all these rights by being the leader, right? When in reality, leadership is always about other people. It's about figuring out what are their needs. What are their goals? What are their desires? Right? Um, for example, I've been reading this book uh, called Small Changes. Um, and I actually have it right here. The author is Bo, B-O, Burlingham, B-U-R-L-I-N-G-H-A-M. Highly suggest it. Um, it's called Small Giants, Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big. Um, and in there, there was a manager talking and he said, you know, for the first 10 years, I realized that as I was leading people, I thought it was my job to hire people and then spend all my time motivating them. And he says, what I've come to realize is it's my job to hire them, let them go on their way and find all of the things that are happening that might demotivate them and get rid of those. I thought, what a great way to talk about serving. That as a leader, you're looking around for the things that are going to keep your people back from doing their job effectively, and you're trying to get rid of those. For example, um, 
in the morning. Many of you know I have thinking time and study time in the morning. I have a little area set up uh, in my bedroom. That's my thinking chair. Uh, and I consider that time, usually it's about two hours long, that time is my time. It's the first time in the, the first thing in the morning, first thing that gets me kind of settled for the day. As soon as I get up from that chair, the rest of the day is for everybody else. Okay, that's how a leader thinks. I'm not going through my day saying, oh, who's going to help me with this need? Who's going to, you know, help me get to this goal? I am there to serve other people as I go. Okay. And this is where you have to know people in order to grow them. Okay. So this is where that relationship and connections uh, is really important because you got to know them. You got to know what their needs and goals and desires are. And ask yourself the question, how can I add value to them? Okay. Um, Solid ground. So this is all about trust. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you find that your people are not trusting you for some reason, that means you've lost your influence. Uh, If there is resistance there to you or whatever process you're dealing with, uh, usually it's because you've lost rapport. So what does rapport mean? It's that we have a sense that we are alike and that we trust each other. Okay. So for example, um, I'm working, I'm in this business networking group uh, and I love it. The one thing that I cannot stand, though, is when somebody in the group says, yes, I'm going to call you by this day, or I'm going to email you, or I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, and then they don't do it, okay? I I totally understand stuff comes up, right? But for the majority of the time, if you say you're going to do something, you need to do it, okay? Uh, for many of you who are listening, you you know we uh, we live in Mid Michigan, and we have had 14 snow days uh, since January, and so it's it's been a little chaotic as far as scheduling and rescheduling and canceling things. Well, that's out of norm, okay? We're not talking about those kinds of things, but in general, can your people trust you? Can they trust you? Because if they can't. You're an authoritarian leader. Okay. The next thing is really, uh, it's about magnetism, the law of magnetism, or some may know this as the law of attraction. So who you are is who you attract. Okay. Who you are is who you attract. So have you ever thought about this, that like-minded people attract each other? Um, Go to any group or organization or club, and you'll notice that like-minded people kind of find each other. Um, It's interesting if you look at the history of America and where people settled when they were first coming, you know, especially in the early um, to mid 1800s, when they were coming over, they kind of created things like, you know, if you're you come from China, we're all gonna flock together. If you come from Ireland, we're all gonna flock together. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? 
yeah, it makes sense. Why, why wouldn't you, right? The same happens in our organizations. We tend to hire people who are like us. Uh, for example, I was working with a, a larger educational institution, um, five county regional institution, and they were getting ready to hire somebody and they pulled out the job description. They had 10 people on their team and they pulled out this description and it was pretty much the same as what everybody on the team did. And I said, Hey, can we just pause for just a second? And, and let's think about this. What do you really need in your team? Like, like let's, let's not look at what you've always done, but thinking into the future, where is there an issue or a need that you currently don't have filled? And they said, oh my gosh, marketing. Marketing is like 60% of our job, but we don't have anybody on our team that, that knows how to do marketing. I said, perfect. What if, what if you hired somebody that wasn't just like you, but had marketing skills? And of course, after they got over the shock of that idea, they said, hmm, that might actually work. And so they did. And that was about two years ago. And I can report to you now that this this group is, has been amazing in their growth and, and they're finally getting the work done. Okay. So just keep that in mind um, and, and ask yourself this question, who is around you? Okay. Who's around you? And do you need to change who's around you? Do you need to recruit somebody else? Do you need to find a mentor? Some of you don't necessarily have a mentor. You need somebody else who's outside of your agency or organization speaking into you. Do you need to change your team or maybe yourself? So, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about your inner circle, the, the, the five to seven people who are closest to you, who really speak into your life, whether personal or professional, look at them. Who you are is who you attract. Who have you attracted? Some of you need to start attracting other people. Some of you need to maybe disinvite some people from your inner circle. I know for me when maybe I'm, I'm, you know, going strong and, and having all my meetings and, and filling my schedule and, and really going out there and serving people the best that I possibly can. Something happens at a certain point when I realize, huh, maybe I've been serving people who are at a lower level of awareness, trying to help them grow for too long. And I realize I need to reach out to one of my mentors and have somebody at a higher level speaking into me, okay, so that I can be more, so that when I go out, I have everything in me that I need to serve better. Does that make sense? Okay. This one is one that I really want you to do some self-reflection on and think about who's around you and who do you want to be around you. Okay. Uh, number five is about connection. Okay. This is huge when you're building relationships. 
leaders ask for somebody's heart before they ask for their hand. So that means that you are more concerned about who that person is, what they might be going through, um, building that relationship first before you ask of them anything. One thing I've noticed, uh, especially with my daughter Hannah, who has a more uh, dominant and driven personality, uh, I've noticed lately that she and I have had a great disconnect. And it was funny because as I was putting this lesson together, it immediately popped into my mind why. She and I have not had any sort of connection or relationship building experience for weeks. Now, there's lots of reasons for that. Um, I'm not going to put a judgment on that one way or the other, but it was just a realization of, ah, yes, that's right. So I can't, you know, one thing I've I've been telling her is just to, to do these chores, right? Uh, and I don't have that credibility with her because we haven't had the connection. Okay. When you make a connection with your staff, they can feel that and they, without, you know, saying it, nobody, nobody's going to walk up to you and say, I now give you permission to lead me. <laughs> However, when you focus on them and helping them, uh, there's a connection, a rapport built. And they will subconsciously give you permission to lead them and speak into their life. Okay. So a lot of uh, new leaders or authoritative leaders who haven't kind of figured this relationship building thing out, uh, you look at giving them attention. So for example, I often hear this with teachers and students. This student is having this behavior and they just want attention. And so you ask them more about it. Okay, they, they want more attention. Yeah, yeah. That, that's their need showing up. And then what do you do? Well, the, then the teacher will typically say, well, I'm not going to give them attention. If that's what they want, I'm not going to give them that. And then you have another sort of behavior that you're dealing with. Remember we were talking about, do you want the problem or the answer? Okay, this is a great example of that. So this teacher decides that because this child is showing the need for attention, they will not give it. When in reality, if there's a need there, make a connection and say, I see that need. How can I help fill that need? And when you focus on filling that need, you build this bond between the two of you. They give you permission to lead them. And eventually things will get better. Okay, so do you want the problem or the answer? So again, we're not trying to say you have to be best friends with all of your staff. But you do need to be able to relate to them in some way. Okay, finding that common ground that we've talked about. Uh, some people look at this as like, this is an extra. Hey, if I've got my job done, I can maybe go out onto the floor and talk to people. Guys, this is not an extra. This is your job. 
Okay, remember what I talked about that that manager who he says now his job is to just remove all of those demotivating factors? This is a great example of that. This is your job. Yes, I know you've got paperwork. Yes, I know you've got metrics that need to be measured. Yes, I know you've got all of those things that need to get done. I promise you, if you start here first, you will be able to get those things done. Just try it. Just try it. All right, so the the, the last one, number six, is about buy-in. The law of buy-in. So a lot of people will ask me, how, Michelle, can I get them to buy into what I want them to do? Well, first of all, you know, it's, it's, you got to start with the first five things. <laughs> Honestly, people buy into you first as a person and then whatever your vision is, whatever you want them to do. Let's say you're starting a new program um, or rolling out a new product right? You're making some sort of change and you want people around you to accept this change. You might have a really great idea or great vision of what you want, right? But if you don't have connections and a great team, honestly, it turns into a nightmare. It really does because you're trying to make a bunch of people who might be quote unquote misfits or full of drama um, fulfill all of these tasks you want. Okay, so most leaders will say, hey, here's what we're doing. Do you like this? Come on, follow me. When in reality, what happens is the people are looking at you and they're like, hey, man, do I like that person? Do I like this leader? And if the answer is yes, they will follow you wherever you go. If the answer is no, it doesn't matter what you're trying to sell them. They're not going to follow. Okay, so let's talk real briefly about the sales process. And for some of you, you're in a, a different field other than business and you're like, oh man, I don't need to know about selling. Yeah, you do. <laughs> because you sell something all the time. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you're trying to get volunteers. You're selling volunteers into your program. Um, maybe you're a parent and you have children. Anybody who can sell nap time to a two year old, is a salesperson. So there's a couple things for you to remember. Number one, first you have to know who your customer, client, staff person is. Know who they are. You have to know what they want. What is their goal or desire? And then you have to show them that you know that. Usually verbally, right? Hey, oh yeah, I can really tell you you really want that that popsicle. I can tell you really want to make sure that that you get the right vehicle for your family, whatever it is, right? Then you can introduce them to their options. Okay? Then you'll have an understanding of what exactly they're looking for. So rather than telling them everything that's on the menu, you're only showing them what they want. Okay? Know who they are, know what they want, show them that you know, then introduce your options. So the first three things that you're doing, that's really that um, the trust, building the trust and the credibility with that person, the relationship, right? And then the final one is really about your vision. 
all right, you say you want to learn or grow or do this thing. Okay, this is how the change that I'm offering you allows you to do that. All right, so here is your homework. Go through each one of these six things and give yourself a rating of one to 10. So one being, oh man, I've never even heard of this principle before. And 10 being, yes, I am a master at this one. Okay. Whatever your number is, is just fine. Because even if you have ones for all of these six things, that's fine. The point is to be able to grow. Okay. So for any of these that you have a rating of eight, no, uh, a rating under eight. So one through seven really want you to think about how can I raise that number? Okay, that's it. That's all you're doing. Do a self-reflection. How can I raise that number? Okay, make a little plan for yourself. Uh, reach out. Let me know uh, how it goes. I'd love to know your action steps and what you're planning on, on uh, doing from here. Okay. All right. Next week, I believe we are talking about curiosity, understanding, and not judging. Okay. All right. So I am holding a vision of you uh, being intentionally influential, powerfully productive, and having empowered and engaged employees. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week. Uh, don't forget to email me at growbyone at gmail.com for any questions, thoughts, um, things that you want to talk about. All right? Okay. Have an awesome week, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye.